Me, Myself, and I, a Nintendo podcast, is a passion project brought to you by a fellow gamer just like yourself. To support this podcast, follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Subscribe to Hitbox Detective on YouTube and follow me on Twitter at Hitbox Detective. I know everyone says this, but I truly mean it when I say your support means the world to me. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome. This is episode one of Me, Myself, and I, a Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Ben, aka Hitbox Detective. For first-time listeners, this is a weekly podcast where I discuss Nintendo news, the latest Switch games, share what I've been playing, and end on a segment I like to call Switch It Up, where I choose one game off the Nintendo Switch Online game library and suggest it for you to check out. Um, New episodes go live everywhere on Mondays at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That way, you can start your week off on the right foot. This is still a relatively new podcast, and I would like to answer listener questions and comments and concerns. So if you'd like to write into the show, you can do so by emailing me at memyselfandi.pod at gmail.com. Uh, or leaving a comment on the YouTube video, or tweeting at me at Hitbox Detective. I'll uh, keep an eye out for everything and just uh, try to save everything uh, for the show instead of getting back to you immediately. I may uh, like the tweet or like the comment, and uh, that'll be kind of like the tip of the cap that uh, you'll be featured on the show, and we'll have something to look forward to. Um, Since this is the first episode, I figured I would give kind of like a a history of myself and uh, uh, my gaming history and my history with Nintendo. Because um, if, if if you go back and look at um, my YouTube channel, you'll see that um, I kind of cover everything. And um, people that know me um, know that I've traditionally played on uh, PlayStation or Xbox, um, but uh, that would be you know people that knew me from like middle school on and don't know uh, kind of my deeper history with Nintendo. And, um, so I wanted to kind of get into that a little bit. Um, like I said, at the top of the show, my name is Ben. Um, I'm 28 years old. Uh, I was a military kid that moved around a lot. Um, but my parents divorced and my mom, older sister, and I moved to the outer banks of North Carolina. And I would consider this to be my home. I, uh, I did live in Austin, Texas from 2015 to 2020, and the pandemic kind of convinced me to move back to the Outer Banks, um, and uh, I've played video games my entire life. Um, when I was a kid, I remember living in Lampasas, Texas, um, and one day, I don't know if it was like a Christmas or a birthday or something, but um, I got my first gaming console, which is probably one that not a lot of people would maybe even consider to be a gaming console, uh, but it was a Sega Pico, or Pico, I'm not sure what they call it, but it was this weird, like, um, almost like a leapfrog learning pad style thing that, uh, this big console that you would take, like a cartridge that almost worked like a book, and you would put it in, and the console had a pen on it, like a stylus that had a cord, and um, you'd fire it up, and it would do the Sega thing, I'm pretty sure, but then afterwards, you would kind of like tap things, like a leapfrog learning pad, and it would, uh, it was connected to your TV, and you could play things, it's kind of weird and cool, I remember going into a like retro game store in Austin, and I was like, you've got a Sega Pico, and they're like, we're surprised you even know what that is, because, <laughs> um, it's a bit of a deep cut, and I had like Sega games, uh, like Sonic, and um, 
a couple of other things, but the so the Sonic game stood out to me the most. I, I kind of attribute my love for Sonic, you'll see the statue back there, uh, to the Sega Pico, because that kind of like introduced me to the character, and then at the same time, the cartoon was on TV, and I kind of uh, fell in love with Sonic. I mean, I've got a Sonic the Hedgehog tattoo. He's handing a ring to Echo the Dolphin. Total nerd. Anyway, um, I guess... We had moved to Georgia in like 1999, and around that time I was given, um, I'm not sure what I got first, either the Super Nintendo, because I got that with like Street Fighter and Star Fox and Super Mario World and um, everything. I remember there was this racing game. I can't remember what it was called, but it was really cool, and you would like have to make pit stops and get gas, and uh, but it was like a proper racing game, and it was really cool. Uh, but, you know, a lot of heated arguments over uh, 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 Street Fighter 2. I remember one time, this poor cat, I picked up this cat and, like, tossed it to my sister. And it scratched her thumb. And the, the takeaway wasn't that I threw the cat at her and I shouldn't be throwing a cat. Keep in mind, I was, like, seven or something. Um, I tossed this cat at her and she wasn't mad that she got scratched, that she was bleeding nothing she was just upset that we couldn't or she wasn't able to play street fighter 2 with me anymore she was like you did that on purpose because i was beating you um anyway um but also around that same time i was given a game boy color i had the like the, the purple one i think it, they called it indigo i'm not sure exactly but that uh that was the game boy color i had and the first game for it was um i, I got pokemon red and funny story about that and my sister, um, I actually convinced her at some point to trade me because she had Pokemon Yellow. And I found out that you could get all three starter Pokemon in Pokemon Yellow. And so I convinced her that Charizard is way stronger than Pikachu. You want, you want, Char you want this one, you know, she should have known, uh, but yeah, I swindled her out of that, and then I had a Blastoise, a Charizard, and a Venusaur. It took me a long time, like maybe until like two years ago, for me to realize that Venusaur really is the best starter for the Kanto region. Uh, but anyway, um, after sometime after that, I think around the time we moved to Florida, I lived an hour outside of Tampa in uh, Newport Ritchie, Florida, uh, near Holiday. Um, actually like right there near the border. I remember I could walk to my grandma's and she lived in holiday and I lived in Newport Ritchie. I think the dividing line was like by the library. If I remember correctly, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, getting into the weeds here. Um, around that time I got a PlayStation. Yeah. And keep in mind that I'm a little late to all of this stuff. Uh, we usually either got things secondhand or when they were like heavily discounted. Um, so I was like, lucky enough to have a lot of these consoles and grow up with them but i was getting them like super late like to get a super nintendo in 1999 when probably the nintendo 64 was already out i'm not sure don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure it was out um and then to like in like 2000 2001 get a playstation and an n64 um on playstation i remember playing like spyro the dragon uh a lot and Crash Bandicoot, uh, those were kind of like Ripto's Rage and Crash Bandicoot 2 were like my jam. 
being able to like when you found out in Crash Bandicoot 2 when you got to the second like uh, area that you could jump on the polar bear and then get a bunch of lives that was like uh, pretty huge uh, I remember being like dude this is gaming this is so cool um, but um, yeah so got a PlayStation play time with that but it's a Nintendo podcast so eventually I got an N64 I had the blue like the electric blue one uh and had like uh had to have pokemon snap and uh i'm a huge pokemon fan uh had to have pokemon stadium 2 i think i missed out on the first pokemon stadium i played it at a friend's house but got uh pokemon stadium 2 and this was like the era where i rented games the most i would go to the blockbuster in newport ritchie and rent games from there all the time it was like just trying stuff out um played like jet force gemini and uh uh, i mean i i remember playing goldeneye at a friend's house and like uh that's where like screen cheating finally like became like a thing uh for us but um i had like hey you pikachu and um i remember like wanting hey you pikachu a lot and like being terrible at it I would like to like revisit that. I wonder if there's a way to play that and still use the voice commands and everything. Somebody's had to have worked on that. But um, if you know that Hey You Pikachu is playable outside of having all of the equipment to play it, please let me know. I would like to kind of revisit that game and see if it holds up in any way. Um, but then like fast forward to moving to the Outer Banks. Um, I remember, I think I got a Nintendo DS first. Um, cause like, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I, I had played all the Pokemon games on my Game Boy Advance SP, uh, and like, it was crazy for like the Minish Cap and, um, uh, what else? I, I remember I played so much, but Nintendo handhelds have always kind of been a Pokemon machine for me. Um, and the occasional like Legend of Zelda, but even though like I will... I'll say this now for full transparency. I've played a lot of Legend of Zelda's. I played like Link's Awakening on that Game Boy Color. Um, and I played the Minish Cap, which I really enjoyed, but I've never finished a Zelda game, period. Like any of them. Um, and I do a series on my YouTube channel, uh, a little shameless self-promotion, where I, uh, I revisit games that I wasn't able to beat as a kid. Or that I just like never played before. Um, recently, I did uh, a video on Metroid Dread, where I finally beat a Metroid game and kind of like detail my experience, like learning how to play Metroid, because I really don't have any experience with like Metroidvanias or anything like that um, until now. You know, definitely not Castlevania. That's on my list of games to revisit. Um, but where was I? Um, Oh, I, I begged my mom for a Game Boy Micro, those little ones, and I remember playing Pokemon Emerald on it. Pokemon Emerald was the first Pokemon game I actually beat, where I beat the Elite Four. I played all those games, but didn't beat them. Like, I would just play them a lot and get to, like, uh, a certain point, like, every time. Like, I remember in Pokemon Yellow, I would get to, like, around, like, Sabrina and stuff, and, like, I would beat Celadon. And then I remember beating, like, the Fighting Dojo and getting a Hitmonlee or a Hitmonchan. 
and then not really progressing anywhere past that um, until much later. Like now I've beaten them all. I challenged myself one year to like go through and beat them uh, in consecutive order and like revisit them. And now I'm like all caught up. I think the only Pokemon game I haven't played and beat is, well, I played Ultra Sun, but I didn't beat it. Um, but that's the only one that I haven't beat. Um, let's see. Uh, let me go back to my notes, try to get back on the right track. Oh, okay. So I got a Nintendo DS, um, was an absolute obsessed idiot over Metroid Prime Hunters. That was like my game, uh, played it a lot online, um, played it with friends. That was like, oh, and like Mario Kart DS, like trading ghosts. I had a buddy named Devin that we would like meet up and like just swap ghosts and like I remember cheap cheap beach was my track I would like set a new time and be like beat that dude um which is kind of like a funny thing like that and like time trials were kind of huge for me I remember I would play Sly Cooper on PS2 and back in the day you'd have like the composite cables the yellow white and red and my VCR had those inputs and that's how I would hook up to the TV and one day I realized I could put a blank tape in there and record myself playing uh, PS2 games or really anything that was hooked up through that way. So like I remember playing Kingdom Hearts and like recording the intros just so I could listen to that song over and over. <laughs> and um, I, uh, there's a mission in Sly Cooper called Two to Tango that I would like speed run and like show it to my friends when they came over or like if I beat a boss or did something cool, I would, like, try to record it, which is totally funny, because I just feel like I do that now on YouTube, um, it's kind of, like, a recurring theme of, like, return to the things that you did when you were younger, and, uh, because, like, I think that there's, there's, like, a purity in that, like, you liked it, and you wanted to do that stuff before you knew that it was, like, cool to do, or somebody told you it was cool to do it, and so, like, uh, kind of like my YouTube channel is returning to all of that stuff. And kind of the point of this podcast is kind of returning to Nintendo after a long stretch of time. But I'll keep getting through my history because after the Nintendo DS, I remember my mom kicked me a deal where she was like, what do you want, a GameCube or an Xbox? And I don't even think I, second, like, I don't think I hesitated. I was just like, I want the GameCube because I had seen Beautiful Joe I wanted to play Resident Evil 4, and at the time, it hadn't come out on PS2 yet, so the only way to play it was on GameCube, and I wanted to play that, and I wanted to play, like, Paper Mario, uh, but it, it's really funny. I played a lot of third-party games on my GameCube, like Madden 07, I'm pretty sure that was the year. It was either Madden 07 or Madden 06. I'd have to go back and look, but it was one of those sports games I, like, cracked out on, and I'm not even, like, a big football guy. I just, uh, I liked creating a character, like, creating, like, the best quarterback, creating the best wide receiver, and just, like, throwing Hail Marys and just dunking on the computer all day. Um, I did that a lot. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai 2 on GameCube. Shout out to you. That game is probably one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, so much fun. I remember um, that was really how I understood the Boo Saga because around the time the Boo Saga started airing on Toonami as a kid, I saw what they did to Gohan 
how they just like neutered him. And I was like, no, I can't do this great Sandman stuff. So I checked out and I didn't watch the Boo Saga. Um, the Cell Saga is like my favorite of all time. And uh, Budokai led right up to that and just ended at the end of the Cell games. But then Budokai 2 kind of playing through that is how I understood what was happening in the Boo Saga and just got to skip all the great Saiyan crap. Um, but I got that GameCube. Uh, I dabbled in Metroid Prime. I think I borrowed it from a friend. And on the Outer Banks, they didn't have a blockbuster. So I would go to this place called Movie Gallery and rent games and probably rented tons um, of games from there, like uh, Time Splitters 2. I would play at a friend, friend's house named Luke, and I would go to Movie Gallery and rent Time Splitters 2 on GameCube, and uh, we would create this level. I remember there was like a snow map with like a tower in the middle, and uh, maybe some tunnels underneath. But we would, I forget the, what the mode was called, I think it was Virus, and like the character, like one character would start with the virus, and if they touched you, you would get the virus. And you could set up a bunch of bots, and uh, we would do that with like dual wielded double barrel shotguns, and you would just keep everybody at bay. They couldn't touch you, and we would play for hours. We would make our own maps and just play Virus over and over. That's how we played Time Splitters too, and we loved it. He would play as the monkey, and I would play as the lion. Uh, Leo Krupp, I think his name was. I could be wrong with the last name, but. I think I'm pretty sure his name was Leo, but I can't. I, the monkey may have just been monkey. Um, anyway, um, and also around that same time, I had a PS2. I had the PS2 before I left um, Florida, though. Uh, I remember one like one Christmas, I like, came home from a vacation, and my dad had like installed a PS2 in the entertainment center, and I just like cracked out. First game I ever bought was Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus. That was like the first game I went. I remember seeing the commercials for it and going to uh, like Walmart or Toys R Us or something with my grandma. And she was like, everybody can pick out one game. It was like me and my sister, not everybody. But I picked out Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus. And my sister picked out, um, there was a Crash Bandicoot game. Maybe it was called Warped. I remember there's a level called Bamboozled where you'd get into this ball and you'd have to like roll. It was fun. But I definitely picked the better game out of those two. Um, um, then, I guess after that, I tried desperately to get a Wii to no avail. I, I, I was in the like a, the Big Brother, Big Sister program uh, here on the Outer Banks. It was called Friends of Youth. And uh, my mentor like agreed to take me to the Walmart in the area to try to get a Wii. Um, and I didn't get it. My friend John got one though. And I remember being a little salty about that, but like I had friends that had the Wii and I just couldn't get it. And then I remember playing the Wii and just kind of being a little salty that I didn't get one. And so like, even though I played red steel and, um, uh, like Wii sports and stuff like that, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I was like, I'll play Twilight Princess on my and not finish it, but I'll, I'll play Twilight Princess on my GameCube. It's better there anyway. There's no motion control. Like I just the motion control thing, I really just uh, set like stuck to my guns. Was like I don't like this, even though like Super Mario Galaxy was like really cool, and I would love to revisit that. And I should have bought the collection 
uh, when it was still being sold, but maybe I can get a copy of that secondhand so I can check it out. Um, cause I'm going to let everybody know I've never beat, uh, Super Mario 64. I know, shame me. I've played it on DS too, so it's my own fault. But, um, in that time that the Wii came out, that's, that's where my time with Nintendo kind of came to a halt. Um, the Wii, the Wii U, that's my, my blind spot. Um, because I'm a huge Pokemon fan, I always kept a DS around in one way, shape, or form. Um, I remember I had a Switch Lite, but then when it got into like the DSi era, I was out. I was like, why would I buy that? I, I don't care about having the camera. Um, but, um, like, had to, had to have, I think, I remember, like, not having the money for it, but getting a 2DS, uh, like the wedge um, shaped one, the red and black one, and getting Pokemon Y and like playing through that and being like, I always had to have something like a Pokemon game comes out. I had to get it. Um, cause funny story. I bought a switch at launch. I worked at a GameStop at the time and they were like, do you want a switch? And I didn't really have the money for it, but I was like, yeah, I, I want a switch and got breath of the wild and Mario Kart eight deluxe and started to kind of get back into Nintendo and had that for a while, but it started collecting dust because I got really into playing guitar, um, and all of my focus was going into that. Um, so th there was a coworker of mine that was like, "Man, I'd really like to get a Switch, but I just I'm not trying to shell out three hundred dollars for one." And I was like, "Well, hey, I'm trying to get this uh, Jazzmaster, the one that's back there." <laughs> uh, I was like, "I want to get this Jazzmaster, so if you." Uh, if you want, I'll sell you my, I'm really bad, uh, bad about selling my stuff for like way too cheap. I once sold a PS3 and like my entire PS3 library, like, oh my God, it hurts me to think about it, but I sold all of it, uh, for $60 so I could go to a Wiz Khalifa concert in high school. <laughs> but anyway, I reacquired it all. It was a huge setback, but you know. The guy knew I wanted to go to that concert, and he was like, oh, I got $60, bro. He knew how much the, the ticket was. He knew what I was selling, and he wasn't going to budge. And, he, I mean, he got it. And I had a great time at the concert. I don't regret it. But, anyway, back to the Switch. Um, I sold my Switch with all my games, which was like Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And that may have been all I had on cart at the time. The rest may have been digital, but that, a pro controller and everything for like $300. So we got a pretty decent package and he modded the hell out of it. Um, which I've never done. I'm not, I don't know how to mod things and it seems like too much of a hassle to even get into it. I, and they may have locked it down at this point. I don't even know if you can still do it, but yeah, sold the switch. Um, and, uh, again, went through a weird period of not having access to Nintendo games. But then Pokemon Sword and Shield came out, and in, you know, in tr tr tradition, holding true to tradition, I bought a Switch Lite, which is back in that closet back there, um, and got Pokemon Sword, uh, played through that. Um, I have thoughts about that, but I'll save it. And then later on, bought Shield um, and played through that again to 
to like play I bought it and played it to battle a friend of mine that lives here and I don't think we've ever battled still like I think I bought that and just kind of never got around to it but um I recently bought an OLED switch uh, I managed to get one and because of the YouTube channel I wanted to have access to Nintendo games and uh, I really wanted to play Metroid Dread when it came out. Um, if, you, if you're into Metroid, you should check that video out because um, uh, I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, but I wanted to play Dread really bad and uh, was like the OLED had like just come out and I was like, maybe I can try to get my hands on one of these and I managed to do it and uh, played Dread, made a video about it and then Brilliant Diamond came out and... I was like, maybe, maybe I can try to do, I didn't want to do a Nuzlocke challenge because I know, I know what that is and I don't like having to get rid of my Pokemon. I like building a team and strategizing in that way and I don't like having that like hindered by a rule set. So I came up with a bunch of other rules like um, no Pokemon centers. I made them Pokemon centers were single use and they kind of worked like bonfires or whatever from Souls games where like I could use it one time. I could heal optionally and I had to save in Pokemon centers. I couldn't save anywhere else. So there was no save scumming. I couldn't use potions or any healing items. Couldn't use berries. Couldn't use rare candies. Couldn't use held items nothing. I just had to kind of go through it. And I made a video about that. It's called, I made Pokemon Brilliant Diamond way harder. Um, if you head over to the YouTube channel, you can watch it. That one, that one was a lot of fun. That, uh, after that, I was kind of like, man, I love Nintendo. Like I really, I really do love these games and there's huge blind spots for me. And so I wanted to revisit all of them. And, uh, that kind of brings me to like, the whole idea for this show is like returning to games and franchises that I grew up playing and had an interest in before online services kind of like took over and multiplayer shooters derailed my focus from Nintendo and the whole thing with the Wii not getting one and being salty about it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of blind spots and there's a lot of things I want to go back and revisit. And I do that series on YouTube called, uh, I finally beat. And so there's going to be a lot of Nintendo focused videos on there, uh, because there's a lot, I have like a list on my phone of all these games and series, like uh, a 2d Mario game, a 3d Mario game, uh, 3d Zelda, 2d Zelda, uh, and so on. Just like the list goes on of things I've never beat and or even played like um like believe it or not I know it's another Zelda game but I've never beat Wind Waker and if that becomes like a thing or like Ocarina of Time I think that's on Switch online so I may give uh Ocarina of Time a go but we'll see um and uh I I figure that there's really no better way to get more familiar with switch than to like fully immerse myself in the Nintendo ecosystem and also recording a Nintendo centric podcast, um, will really get me into all of this. Um, I think like I don't listen, I listen to a lot of gaming podcasts, but nothing Nintendo centric. So it's really, excuse me, 
it's really a blind spot for me. Um, and I think that although I, I like have always kept up with the news, like I know that like the switches online service has some issues. Uh, voice chat's really weird. I think you still have to download that app on your phone and talk to people on your phone for voice chat, which is kind of wild. Um, but uh, you know, I don't listen to anything Nintendo centric. So, uh, you know, if you follow this podcast, you're not going to get the same takes, um, that you hear on other podcasts, at least not on purpose, uh, because I don't listen to them, you know, and then, and that's kind of the whole point of the name, me, myself, and I, like, I enjoy this stuff on my own and have my own takes on these things. And that's really it, you know, um, I enjoy them by myself for myself and share them with y'all, uh, for you. And, um, I also, you know, I have aspirations to work in games media. So, um, doing a podcast, um, is good practice. It's good practice for being on camera, uh, getting better at orating and hosting and broadcasting and figuring out the technical side of all of this. And, uh, yeah, so, um, I figured I can use this to hone my craft and editing skills and whatnot. Um, I do have a full-time job outside of this, uh, but I take it very seriously. It's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm grinding in the background, uh, for the escape of the monotony. You know, I have a good day job. Um, you know, it pays the bills. Um, I've got weekends off and holidays off and, and all of that allows me to do all of this stuff. You know, when I was, you know, working at GameStop and I was working at a Clark's shoe store and going to Austin Community College full time. All my time was sucked up and, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't have time for this. And even when I was, uh, when I moved back here and I had, I did like seven months at, uh, a cafe being a barista, you know, when I left work, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had time for this stuff. Um, which is unfortunate, you know, I think that there's a lot of people out there that, um, their jobs are really draining and, um, either physically or mentally. And by the time they get home, the last thing they want to do or have time for is, uh, to chase their passions and their purpose. And I, I understand that my job allows me to do that. And I'm incredibly lucky. And, um, you know, I've managed, like, it's not all luck. Like I've, put myself in the positions that I've been in and have interviewed well and got the jobs that have helped me maintain that kind of professional side of, you know, my career, even though this is more in line with what I would like to be doing. Um, I, uh, I do take this seriously and I work really hard to make videos and content that I enjoy making and I'm proud to put my name on. Um, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So, you can count on me in that regard. You know, I'm not going to do six episodes of this podcast and then just disappear, you know? Um, but you know, that's enough about me. That's my history. I think we're like 30 minutes into this. So, uh, let's, let's go ahead and get into the news and this will be what kind of, uh, the format for the show would be, you know, do the intro, the housekeeping, and then jump into the news. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about um, is the Game Awards. Uh, you know, I'm probably about a week late on this, and I don't think that uh, there was 
Nintendo didn't have a huge presence at the Game Awards, which is kind of a letdown because they've had a history of being at the Game Awards quite a bit, and it's a bit of a bummer that they didn't have a huge presence. Um, outside of, you know, Metroid Dread won Best Action Adventure Game, which is really cool. Um, I, you know, as a fan, I went on and voted, uh, and I voted for Metroid Dread as my game of the year. Um, I had so much fun with it. It, it was really uh, a pleasure to play and experience for the first time. And and that's coming from somebody that is a huge Ratchet and Clank fan. I'm not going to get up and grab it right now, but there is a Omni Wrench right there that I could, I could reach it, but I'd have to stand up. Um, uh, and Rift Apart is one of my favorite games, one of my favorite Ratchet and Clank games. I think. Maybe, maybe Ratchet and Clank 2016 might be my favorite, or Future Tools of Destruction might be my favorite. I don't know. That that one's tough. I mean, I really love the originals. Um, excuse me, once I I got my nose itches and I I'm not picking it. I promise. Um, if you're watching the video side of that, you've seen me like trying to like low key itch my nose for maybe like five minutes now. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, a huge Ratchet and Clank fan, love the games, but it, I think it really says something that Metroid Dread is my game of the year personally. Um, and I'm going to make like a top five games of 2021 video. Um, but you know, at least Metroid got the roses in one way, shape or form because what Mercury Steam did with Dread was really cool and really special. And I know a lot of people look at Metroid Dread and kind of go like, you're telling me that's a better game than Rift Apart or It Takes Two or, um, you know, like Resident Evil Village, uh, all of these, you know, great games. Hitman, Hitman got snubbed so hard. Hitman was a great game. Uh, and it just got snubbed, but yeah, I think Metroid Dread is a better game than all of those, or at least I had more fun with it. I had, you know, that was the game that hit, and I enjoyed playing throughout the entire experience, and I'm so glad that I played it. So, Metroid Dread, my game of the year. Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy won Best Narrative and is technically playable on the Switch via the cloud version. Um, you know... This might be a hot take. I know that a lot of people really like that game, but yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy, while you know the movies are cool and I understand everybody likes it, but it's just not my thing. And I'm sure that I would probably enjoy that game if I played it, but there's nothing about the, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe outside of Spider-Man that I really care about. And so... Um, you know, even if I was to play that, I don't know if I would play it on Switch. I'd probably play it on my PS5. Um, or if it's on Game Pass, I would probably play it there just because it would be, you know, whatever. You know, playing games on Game Pass isn't free, but um, it, it would be included and I could just fire it up pretty easily. And so that's probably where I would play a game like that. Um, I'm not very much into streaming video games. Uh like to play them, um, and to be to be fair, I'm not much into streaming, uh, like uh, broadcasting me playing games either. I much rather like make videos and kind of do it that way. Uh, and 
be able to like uh, do something more with it than just play through things. I kind of like to play games and not have to worry about performing at the same time. Uh, I really like to enjoy my games. So streaming's not my favorite thing, but every now and then, like I could foresee a future of like having friends come over to play like Mario Party or Mario Kart or um, Smash Bros and streaming that. That could be really cool. Um, so maybe, maybe someday when I have more space, you know, I'm still holding it down. The Outer Banks has a housing issue, so I, I don't have my own place. I'm currently just living in the spare bedroom in my mom's house, uh, which, you know, is a bit of a hit of, to the ego to admit, but who cares? I'm, I'm paying off debt. I'm managing things, uh, and I can do all this stuff for now, and, you know, we'll see where things go. Anyway. Uh, to get back on track, um, the game awards, uh, life is strange. True colors took home the award for games for impact, which for those that don't know that award is for a thought provoking game with a pro social meaning or message. Um, it's cool that they won that. It's cool that they have an award for that, but I know the original life is strange is really cool. And a lot of people really enjoy it. I never played it. Um, you know, I, uh, it's, it's a blind spot for me. Uh, maybe someday I'll get around to playing it, at least the original. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a blind spot for me that I'm not crazy about jumping into. But um, it's cool that they won, and it's technically playable on Switch. So I thought I would mention it just in case you were thinking about it and you were like, oh, cool, like that game won an award for something that interests me, um, if that suits you. I would say dive into it. Um, there were a handful of announcements at the Game Awards as well that are Nintendo specific. Um, Sonic Frontiers is coming to Switch holiday 2022. Um, <laughs> this game is a bit weird for me. It kind of looks like like a, like a mod, like like an Unreal Engine Five mod, where they just like dropped Sonic into. Uh, this 3D space, and I, I'm interested to see how they handle Sonic moving in this environment because he's supposed to be, you know, the fastest out there. You know, he's the blue blur, and he's got to move around this 3D open space, and it kind of looked open, like it looked open world, so it doesn't look like, um, it doesn't look like the speed at which he's really supposed to get around, he's going to, I don't understand how he's going to navigate this, but I'm interested when it comes out, I'm for sure buying it and probably going to do a review for it. And, um, I'll, I'll talk about it on here. Uh, um, but yeah, it just, it, it looks a bit odd. I, I'm, I'm interested, but tentatively interested. Um, also, uh, cuphead, the delicious last course DLC, uh, is coming to Switch and is out on June 30th, 2022. Uh, Cuphead is another blind spot for me. Uh, I remember when it came out, I was working at GameStop and it was, maybe I wasn't working at GameStop yet. I may have still been working for another company, but um, Cuphead's always looked cool. The idea of it, at the time, I I didn't want games to be too challenging. I remember everybody was talking about how hard it was, and I was like, I'm not going to spend money on something that I, I'm not going to be able to beat. 
which I know is really stupid, and now I think totally differently, but I honestly think I was a little depressed at the time, and the last thing I wanted was uh, to virtually challenge myself and my life was as challenging as it was. Um, but, you know, I've changed since then, and maybe maybe now's the time where I jump into Cuphead. It, it is on my list of games to finally beat. So maybe I'll check out Cuphead, you know, in, in the summer and check out the DLC when it comes out. Uh, that might be cool. Um, but anyway, uh, Persona, uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is coming to Switch on March 17th, 2022. Um, it looks like a Persona game, super stylized, but it's a fighting game. Um, that, if I understand correctly, continues the story after Persona 4 Golden. So it's the events that take place after that. Um, uh, I, I keep highlighting all my blind spots, but I, I, I haven't played Persona uh, in any way. I haven't played Persona 4, 5, 3, nothing. Um, I have Persona 5 on my PlayStation, which I've been meaning to get to, and it's on my list of games to jump into. So, um, yeah, at some point I'll play Persona 5, and it'll be almost completely blind. I have almost no idea what Persona is about other than like you have to go to school and talk to people. And at, I think at nighttime you go into like this virtual space, maybe. I, I that, That's my understanding of Persona. I don't really know. Um, let me take a sip of coffee really quick. But I am intrigued by it. I have a buddy that lives in Pennsylvania. We grew up together and I know he loves Persona. So maybe uh, on his recommendation, I'll check it out. But that's really everything that was at the Game Awards. It's, again, really unfortunate that we didn't get like a Breath of the Wild 2 or something. There had to be something. Even more Pokemon, Legends Arceus, like something. It's, it's a bit strange that nothing else was going on. But hey, I think, you know... The next topic is the Indie World Showcase, and I think maybe maybe they figured that they were going to make some announcements there, and they didn't really have anything to show off yet, and they're waiting for something. Maybe maybe they're holding everything for E3, you know? I don't really know, um, but that, that's what I would imagine, is that something's coming up. They, have, they either have a Nintendo Direct in like January or February, and they're just waiting for that. But um, let's move on to the Indie World Showcase. It's really the main topic for the show. Um, let's see. The Nintendo um, had, you know, the Indie World Showcase recently, and um, they presented details on, like, 19 games heading to Switch. Um, it aired on Wednesday. What date was that? Um, that was the 15th. So I'm recording this on the 18th of uh, December. Um, but, you know, uh, there were four titles total that are available or became available on the 14th. That was the date, right? That I just, no, the 15th, my apologies. Um, that, uh, those games were Dungeon, Mun Dungeon Munches Let's Play, which is a weird title for a game. Uh, wait, there's Dungeon Munches or Dungeon Munchies, sorry, <laughs> Dungeon Munchies uh, came out, Let's Play Oink Games came out, not entirely sure what that is, uh, 
Chicory, Chicory, A Colorful Tale came out. Um, not sure about that either. And Timely, or Timely, Timely, Timely. Either way, those came out uh, the 14th, 15th, sorry. And um, yeah, uh, I guess the Indie World Showcase is kind of like a Nintendo Direct that, you know, they air periodically. The last one aired in August of this year. And the highlights that about that were like Tetris Effect are coming to Switch in October, which I guess that's now out. And um, they did a surprise launch for Axiom Verge 2. And uh, to be fair, I should have said it at the top, I'm using VGC as my source for this information. Um, and um, let's see. So here are the games that were announced or shown off at the Indie World Showcase. Um, sea of Stars from Sabotage, Sabotage Studio. Uh, it's a prequel to The Messenger, uh, which sounds cool, and tells the story of two children of the solstice, a lunar monk and a solar blade dancer. Fans of classic RPGs with modernized elements will want to check out this game, uh, or this game's moving story filled with twists and turns, it's fluid and engaging turn-based combat, and it's freely traversable world. Plus, it features music by the renowned Yasunori Mitsuda, Yasunori Mitsuda, who composed music for Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, and Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which I know that Chrono Trigger has a banging soundtrack. It's so good that Wiz Khalifa uh, sampled a song from Chrono Trigger. I can't remember which one it was, but it is a certified bop. Uh, and then see well, Sea of Stars launches on Nintendo in holiday 2022. So we've got a year to wait for that, but it's around the corner. So uh, these years just, you know, trickle by these days. Um, then Alicia, the Oblivion of Twin Goddesses from Underscore uh, is coming out or was announced or shown off or something to that effect. Um, it's a puzzle game. Uh, cooperation is key to safely navigating a deserted temple whether you undertake a solo outing or you explore the game as a two-player co-op journey with a friend you'll need twin sisters aisha and leisha to work together by exchanging clues and operating devices that can help you go deeper inside the temple i wonder if it's like a roguelike i don't know i'll have to check it out but the um you know continued uh, but be careful the temple is filled with all sorts of menacing monsters and treacherous traps some of which can trigger different endings the heartfelt music coupled with the emotional story will complement your journey toward uncovering the secrets residing within alicia the oblivion of twin goddesses launches on nintendo switch in spring 2022 so that one's right around the corner um that one actually sounds kind of cool i'll have to check that out and see if i would actually be interested in playing it because sometimes Art style is everything, and we'll see. Uh, next, Endling Extinction is Forever from... Wait, is that the name? Endling Extinction is Forever, or is that... Is that a... That's got to be a subtext, or like a subtitle. So, Endling Extinction is Forever from Hero Beat Studios. Um, VGC wrote, uh, As the last mother fox, you'll need to keep 
your three cubs alive and lead them to safety in a world ravaged by humanity. In this game, blending stealth, survival, and adventure, you'll make your way through devastated environments to reach the one place on Earth where humans can't hurt you. In the end, how many of your cubs survive the par- Oh, wait, sorry. In the end, how many of your cubs survive the perilous journey is up to you. Endling, Extinction is Forever, launches on Nintendo Switch in spring 2022. That sounds kind of cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Endling. Huh. It did not, you know, I didn't, when I, I had that, I shouldn't say this out loud, but, <laughs> or on podcast, but I had the Indie World Studio going while I was at work, just with like a headphone in. And yeah, I was working, I was doing my job and kind of just catching little beats and pieces, but I don't remember that. So that's interesting. Um, Moving on, Figment 2, Creed Valley from Bedtime Digital Games. Make your way through a rhythmic world set in in the human mind in this musical puzzle adventure game. Nightmares are spreading chaos everywhere in this sequel to the award-winning game Figment. Um, It's up to you to put an end to their fearsome schemes. Play solo or locally with a friend as you wield your trusty sword in engaging combat, manipulate environments to solve compelling puzzles, and have symphonic showdowns against some musically menacing bosses. Figment 2 Creed Valley begins in Symphony on Nintendo Switch in February 2022, and a free demo will be available later today in Nintendo eShop. So that's available now because that was announced on the 15th. So that sounds cool. I like rhythm games. Um, so, and, you know, playing guitar and stuff, music games have always been somewhat interesting to me. So that's pretty cool. Um, definitely, definitely check out the demo. I mean, if it's available, it's worth a shot. Um, moving on, Ali Ali World from Roll7, uh, flip and flow through the vibrant and, oh, sorry, flip and flow through the vivid and vibrant world of Radlandia. Meeting colorful characters as you grind, trick, and air your way to discover the mystical skate gods on your quest to Narvana. Dude, this game... I know Ali Ali was cool, but shit. Okay, I'm gonna have to check this out. Uh, Traverse a delightful and weird world as you take on missions, challenges, and make new friends along the way. Ali Ali World rolls onto Nintendo Switch February 8th, 2022, and pre-orders begin later today in Nintendo eShop. Um... I don't advise anybody pre-order a game, but that sounds pretty cool. I would uh, check that one out. Sorry, my nose is still itchy. Let me get some water really quick. All right. After Love EP from Pixelnesia. Pixelnesia? That's got to be. Pick, Pixelnesia? Pixelnesia is what I'm going to say. So After Love EP from Pixelnesia. From the creative director of What Comes After and Coffee Talk comes a stirring narrative about love, loss, and lyricism. Set in Jakarta, Indonesia, After Love EP focuses on young musician Rama, who struggles to compose music after his girlfriend, Sinta, passes away. A a mixtape of visual novel... Wait. A mixtape of visual novel, rhythm game, and narrative adventure. After Love EP changes or challenges you to complete an EP of music to fulfill a promise made to Senta. There are multiple endings based on the choices you make, as well as an original soundtrack from Indonesian band... Sorry, I want to get this right. La Alpha? La Alpha Alpha? La Alpha Alpha. 
Hold on. Lalpha Alpha? Lalpha Alpha? That Lalf Alpha? Lalf Alpha. That's it. Lalf Alpha. That has to be it. <laughs> it has to be Lalf Alpha. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, please leave it in the comments below. I don't like mispronouncing names. So, yeah, let me know. Uh, and striking art direction from Soya Soyaru? Soyatu? Oh my gosh. I'm just getting blindsided with names right now that I'm getting wrong. Um, start anew and After Love EP launching on Nintendo Switch in summer 2022. That sounds cool. Um, another music game uh i like the kind of like you have to put together an ep as a promise it does sound like a really cool narrative adventure i don't know what that game looks like exactly but it's worth checking out i think um moving on uh locomotive from robust games uh climb aboard the roos spelled like dr seuss but with an r at the front so i'm gonna say aboard the roos express and investigate the suspicious death of lady unterwald in this single-player point-and-click comedy adventure, you'll play at you'll play a straight-laced lawyer, an amateur detective, and an undercover agent at different points in the story. Along the way, you'll meet a fully-voiced cast of quirky characters and solve head-scratching puzzles to prove your innocence. Figure figure out who done it and what locomotive inspired them, or what locomotive inspired. Oh, it's on. Okay, sorry. It's on the the train, the Roos Express. So um, it's just th these PR or these press releases always have like really punny descriptions, and sometimes when you're just like trying to read through it, it it just sounds funny. So, and what locomotive inspired them to murder in the first place? Locomotive steamrolls onto Switch in summer 2022. So wow, we're gonna have a lot to play this summer. Uh, including River City Girls 2 from Wayward, or Way Forward. So, oh my gosh, I'm uh, butchering this today. First episode, I will get better at this, I promise. Uh, River City Girls 2 from Way Forward. Way Forward is back with the sequel to the acclaimed beat-em-up River City Girls. There's trouble once again in River City with higher stakes, meaning, uh, so, oh my gosh, with higher stakes, meaner streets, and even more over-the-top humor. Take control of one of six characters, including returning powerhouses Kyoko and Misako. Misako? Maybe, maybe Misako. I'm going to go with that. Uh, River City Girls 2 features new moves, enemies, areas, and items, not to mention branching paths, as well as a new soundtrack for the by the first game's composer, Megan McDuffie. Get the fists flying, get the fists flying solo, Get, that is the weirdest way to say that, get the fists flying solo or team up with a friend locally or online. River City Girls 2 punches its way onto Nintendo Switch in summer 2022. Now, we're on to Dungeon Munchies from Maja, Majaja, Maha, it might be a soft J, Mahaha, Mahaha, I don't know. Let me know in the comments if I got that wrong. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, if you've got the munchies, then this 2D side-scrolling side -scrolling action adventure from de should definitely satisfy your craving. With the help of the undead necro chef Simmer, you'll hunt down monsters, then cook and eat them. There are around 100 dishes that provide various abilities, mix and match to get the right meal for your playstyle. 
With an eclectic cast of characters, a hilarious side-splitting story, and charming 2D pixel art, make sure to bring uh, a voracious appetite when Dungeon Munchies devours its way onto Nintendo Switch later today. So it came out on the 15th. I mentioned that at the top, but that's cool. Well, we've got one, two, three, four, five games left, so bear with me. A lot of games were announced um, or shown off. Uh, let's play Oink Games from Oink Games. A collection of board games from developer Oink Games is coming to Nintendo Switch. Go on thrilling and risky treasure hunts and deep sea adventure. Become the biggest investor in startups. Catch the sketchy rogue and don't get caught in a fake artist goes to New York. Recover supplies with your fellow astronauts to survive in moon adventure. The games are designed to be easy to understand while capturing the feel of their original tabletop versions. You can, you can play all the games locally and online with friends near and far. Start a, game to, start a game night with Let's Play Oink Games, which launches as a timed console exclusive on Nintendo Switch later today. So it came out on the 15th. That sounds cool if you're into board games and you do want to have like a casual get-together. You can do the, the whole like Nintendo Switch debut trailer and like have a rooftop party and <laughs> try to play Oink Games together. I don't know if that interests you at all. Can't say I'm interested in that myself. But, hey, it might be for you. No judgments. Uh, now, this next game, I, I've seen people make kind of like a bigger deal about. So, um, I think the name is pronounced Omori. Omori. O Omori. I'm going to go with Omori. Uh, Omori from Omocat, LLC. Uh, travel back and forth between two strange and vibrant worlds, each one brimming with colorful friends and foes to uncover a forgotten past. You'll experience an unconventional story and turn-based turn battle system supplemented by warm illustrations from renowned artist Omocat. Omocat. I'm not sure. I'm going to keep butchering these names. Uh <laughs> Um, Amokat, who also produced, wrote, directed, and coded much of the game. The critically acclaimed RPG Amori launches on Nintendo Switch in spring 2022. That's cool that, you know, this person made the music, uh, produced, wrote, and directed, and coded the game. That's super impressive. Uh, that's a lot of work. Um, so that one, I think I'm going to check out because turn-based battle right up my alley, um, it looks cool. I can respect the work that went into it. Um, so that one's worth checking out, I think. Um, moving on, uh, Chicory, a colorful tale from Team Chicory. Uh, a, a painting adventure game about trying to be somebody. I know I've mentioned them twice before. I'm going to mention them again. Important life lesson from Wiz Khalifa. Uh, stop trying to be somebody and be yourself. So I already kind of don't like this. Because it's about trying to be somebody. Stop trying to be somebody and be yourself. It's great advice. Look into it and look at it like a piece of art from all different kinds. However you interpret it, it's probably going to help you. Stop trying to be somebody and be yourself. Anyway, a painting adventure game about trying to be somebody. Chicory, a colorful tale, takes place in a coloring book, in a coloring book world where you can draw on anything. Use your painting powers to explore new places, solve puzzles, help your friends, and change the world. Chicory, Superstar, 
superstar artist and wielder of the brush is missing, and all the color in the land vanished with her. It's up to you, Chicory's number one fan, to pick up the brush and fill in for her. Uh, that's a clever fill in for her. Wow. Okay. It's a big job, but you're ready for it. Probably. Get ready to make a big splash when Chicory, A Colorful Tale, arrives on Nintendo Switch later today. So that one's available if you want to, you know, go fill in for uh, for Chicory. You can do that. <laughs> um, and a real quick aside, like, Whiskleaf is cool and all. I don't, I'm not like a crazy fan about his. It's just odd that I've happened to be able to mention him three times on this podcast. Um, anyway, uh, Timely time or Timely from uh, Ernique. It's like Earn. It's like Unique, but U-R-N is at the beginning. So Ernique, Ernique Studio. Yeah, okay. Every second matters in Timely. It's got to be Timely. It just is spelt like timeline. But anyway, I, I digress. Every second matters in Timely, a stealth puzzle adventure that lets you control time like a media player. Ooh, this sounds cool. Uh, perceive future events to plan your escape strategy from the past, sneak past enemies, and manipulate time in this companionship journey featuring a mysterious cat and a little girl with precognitive powers. This sounds really cool. Control both the girl and the cat simultaneously, timing their movements and actions to and actions to complement each other. Escape de detection, distract enemies, and ultimately escape the world they're trapped in. Lose yourself in a vibrant world filled with the colorful abstractions and surreal visuals when Timely sneaks onto Nintendo Switch with a demo and full game launch later today. I'm gonna check that out. That sounds really cool. I'm gonna check out that demo. I'm going to check that out. I'll report back. Believe that. <laughs> um, last game that was shown off or announced was Don't Starve Together from Clay or Clee? Clay? Clay Entertainment. Fight, farm, wait, fight, farm, build, and explore together in the, in the standalone multiplayer expansion to the uncompromising wilderness survival game Don't Starve. Enter a strange and unexplored world full of odd creatures, hidden dangers, and ancient secrets. Choose from over a dozen playable survivors, each with unique powers to help you unravel the, mis the mysteries of the constant. Cooperate with your friends in a private game or find new friends online. From December 15th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Or is it Pacific Time? Or is the standard in there? It just says PUT. Anyway, uh, from December 15th at 10 a.m., Pacific time to December 21st at 11:59 p.m. Pacific time. Nintendo Switch online members can download and try out the original Don't Starve Nintendo Switch Edition game in the latest game trial. Your save data from game trial is not deleted when the trial ends, so you can pick up where you left off if you purchase the game later. That's pretty cool. Um, I remember when Don't Starve came out. I mean, it was a while ago. I don't. I never played it. Um, but I, it's been around for so long now that I'm like, did I miss something? Is this game cooler than I remember? I don't know, but it's worth checking out. If you have, you know, the Nintendo switch online service, you know, it's worth diving into, I think. Um, but, um, that kind of covers everything at the indie world showcase. Um, I think that, um, it's cool that they do that. It's cool that 
indies are so important to Nintendo that they do these indie world showcases. I know that a lot of people have complained in the past that PlayStation kind of fell off uh, from that, and a lot of indie devs were complaining, and an article recently came out uh, where PlayStation has kind of been secretly working to try to correct that uh, with players, or with developers, indie developers, so that's pretty cool. Um, that they're trying to fix that behind the scenes and Xbox with Game Pass and everything has been kind of doing it. So really, it's it's cool that all of these, uh, it's cool that indies or indie games and indie developers uh, get such a focus um, with uh, especially Nintendo. Um, that's really cool. But moving on, uh, the next piece of news I have is the latest trailer for Pokemon Legends Arceus uh, came out. Uh, it, it details the Diamond and Pearl clans of the Hisui, 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 Hisui region. I, I don't know. I'm gonna the, the the complicated thing with Pokemon games is that all of the text is like it's text like there's no voiceover. So maybe I'd have to like hear like a narrator say that out loud. And maybe it maybe somewhere maybe at like a Nintendo Direct they've said it, but I, I'm not sure how they pronounce it. Hisui, Hisui, I'm gonna say Hisui, or no Hisui, Hisui region. Okay, we're gonna go with Hisui. Let me start this over. Detail the diamond and uh, wait. The latest trailer for Pokemon Legends Arceus details the diamond and pearl clans of the Hisui region, as well as the merchant clan known as the Ginkgo Guild, and it comes out on the first of, or wait, sorry, holy crap, on January twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. Um, I have it pulled up. I figure we can kind of watch it together. I have it muted, but um, let's see. Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm kind of taking in any bit of news that's out there because uh, Pokemon has kind of been a little stagnant, and that's why I did the video that I did trying to make the game more complicated because I just wanted to get something extra out of Pokemon, and it's cool that it looks like they're going back to, like, like they used to take risks with like the mystery dungeon games or like the Pokemon Coliseum game on um what GameCube. They used to, you know, and I know that Pokemon Snap came out, but it's cool to see them doing more. Um it looks cool. It doesn't look terrible. It's not the most beautiful game ever and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Breath of the Wild, but I don't know. I'm interested. I'm for sure going to check it out. Um, I'm going to do a review, you know, I don't, I can't get early copies cause I'm just like a, a guy doing this on my own. So, um, I'll buy this day one and start playing it, try to beat it in a timely fashion and review it and get that up for y'all. And, you know, um, comes out January 28th. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be cool. But, um, Anyway, moving on to the next thing, um, Remnant from the Ashes uh, was rated on the ESRB, uh, so it's coming to Switch. Um, let's see, uh, it was rated for the Nintendo Switch. The game is developed by Perfect World Entertainment Inc. And uh, for those that are unaware of this game, the ER the ESRB describes it as such. This is an action game in which players assume the role of a hero in a post-apocalyptic world. 
From a third-person perspective, players explore different landscapes and battle demonic creatures, mutants, and other human survivors in frenetic combat. Players use pistols, rifles, lasers, blasters, and melee weapons, uh, such as hatchets, swords, and spears, to kill enemies. Battles are accompanied by realistic gunfire, large explosions, and screams of pain. Um, I forget that this is like an angle trying to describe the game to people that are like trying to be responsible parents. Uh, so they're just like describing all of the things that justify the rating. Um, enemies emit large spurts of blood when shot and killed. A handful of sequences depict bodies lying in pools of blood. The words fuck and shit are heard in the game. <laughs> Um, Remnant from the Ashes, I played it with some friends a long time ago. Uh, I had a friend that knew somebody that was working on the game as like an artist. And, uh, so we checked it out. Um, it, it's, if I remember correctly, it's kind of like a live service-y kind of game. Um, but it was cool. It was interesting. Um, you know, we played it one night and then never touched it again. So take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, if you only play on switch or you're looking for something to play on the go. I, I'm not sure how much you can play solo or without people, or if you need to be connected to the internet to play it. But, um, it is an interesting game. You may want to like check out a trailer for it and see if you're into it. Uh, cause as cool as that description was from the SRB, I mean, we all want to play a game that has fucking shit in it. So, <laughs> um, might be worth checking out. Um, Anyway, moving on, we have, uh, per Nintendo Life, I use them for quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to try to change up my sources a little bit, but Nintendo Life just kind of came in clutch. Um, some Commodore 64 games are being teased for the Nintendo Switch. The Commodore 64 is well above my time. I'm not very, or like before my time. Uh, I have almost no... Outside of watching like a handful of documentaries on G4 back in the day, I I really don't know much about the Commodore 64. I know people that played it loved it. Um, and this, I guess to be fair, isn't a confirmation that it's coming out. It's just like a tease. Um, uh, a tweet came out uh, by Thalamus Digital um, that said, You asked for Commodore 64 games on the Nintendo Switch. We listened. Stay tuned. So I'm guessing Thalamus Digital is, you know, whatever's left of Commodore, like they own the rights to it or something to that effect. Um, and they're trying to bring them to the Switch. So that'll be cool. If, if it comes to the Switch online service, then it's kind of like we, we have no excuse not to, to give it a try. So that could be cool. Who knows? But anyway, if you're into Commodore 64, <laughs> you're lucking out. Because you got something coming. Um, next, uh, probably no surprise to anybody, but uh, the Nintendo Switch and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are dominating in Japan. Um, let's see. Uh, according to Famitsu's Japanese uh, chart figures, um, holy crap, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl have remained on top for a fourth consecutive week. Um and in the in the process, past two million physical copies sold, which is pretty wild. I mean, I know it's a Pokemon game, but like in uh, four weeks to sell two million copies, despite people kind of 
feeling like the series has grown stagnant. Maybe it's, you know, nostalgia selling it because it's an older game being remade. But let's see, the top 10 selling Pokemon games, on or the top 10 Nintendo Switch games are, uh, I'll go from uh, 10 to 1. So the 10th best-selling game on Nintendo Switch was Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, in this time frame, it sold uh, 12,825 copies, uh, 4,227,847 total, if that's accurate. Wow, that's kind of crazy. But uh, honestly, like maybe I'm not too familiar with sales numbers, but that kind of seems a little low for a Pokemon game. Four million? Is that a lot of units? I don't know. Is that... Yeah, total sales. It's the, the first numbers are this week's estimated sales, followed by the total sales. So, yeah. Pokemon Sword and Shield sold 12,825 this week and has sold 4,227,000. Oh, wait, hold on. This is just in Japan. So, that makes a little bit more sense. Okay. Um, sorry. So the number ninth best-selling game was Ring Fit Adventure. It sold thirteen thousand seven hundred sixty-five copies this week. Um, two million nine hundred fifty-six thousand four hundred eighty-five total. Let's see. Momotaro. Momotaro. Dentetsu. Dentetsu. Showa Heisei. Raiwa Motaiban. Maybe. Uh, sold fourteen thousand seven hundred and nine. 2,448,283 total in Japan. Uh, in seventh place, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate sold 20,364, uh, 4,552,841 total in Japan. Um, then followed by Mario Kart 8 Deluxe sold 21,819. I'm going to stop reading the total. I'm just going to say how many sold this week. Because it's an estimate anyway, so it's not like it even matters. But uh, in fifth place, Animal Crossing New Horizons sold 23,786. Minecraft sold 26,256. Big Brain Academy Brain vs. Brain sold 33,092 copies. Um, Mario Party Superstars sold 53,824. And Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl sold 130,772 copies just last week, which is pretty crazy. Um, in terms of console sales, the Switch continues to dominate. Uh, this is wild. So the PlayStation 4 sold 103 units last week in Japan. Um, PlayStation 5 Digital sold 113. And I think... The PlayStation 5 numbers are, they're having a supply issue. So they're low this week or this month because of the supply issue. Um, but Xbox Series S sold 355 consoles in Japan, which is pretty good for Japan. Xbox doesn't traditionally do very well there, but maybe it's because they can't get their hands on PlayStation 5s. So they're going for series consoles or the increase in... Japanese games might be causing that to happen there. Um, the new 2DS LL, I'm not sure what the LL is for, but the new 2DS um, sold 391 units in Japan last week, which is pretty wild. 
Um, Xbox Series X sold 450. PlayStation 5 sold 1,020. Then in the top three console sales was the Switch Lite sold 42,799 units. The Switch sold 59,460 units. And the Switch OLED models sold 90,076 units just last week. That's pretty wild. They have a lot going on over there. Um, that's crazy. That's a lot of units sold. Switch is killing it in Japan. Holy smokes. But, um, yeah, that wraps up the Japanese sales charts. Um, Nintendo's crushing it in Japan. I mean, per usual. I would be interested to know if the U.S. sales numbers are out as well. Um, I didn't see anything about that, but it's cool that they're killing it in Japan. Um, next up on the docket is, I'm guessing that's Christ or Crease, Christ Tale, Chris Tales. I don't know. I'm gonna go with Chris. Chris Tales. Uh, up. There's an update that adds new content and apparently significantly decreases load times on Switch. Um, this is per Nintendo Life again. It looks like, if I remember correctly, this is also kind of like a turn-based thing. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I can play the trailer. just have to make sure I get it muted. Oh, I think I have it turned down anyway, so I don't even think it's going to come through. But um, I think this looked like a turn-based kind of thing as well, where they just like added some new stuff to it um looks like a text adventure game it looks like it's running pretty smooth if this is on switch that's like 60 frames per second looks pretty solid i mean i know it's probably not the most intense game of all time to have on here but you know it's no breath of the wild but it looks good it looks super stylized and it does look like a turn-based uh rpg style game um which is interesting um, and then there was a press release that came out in addition to this trailer about the update that said that load times were significantly decreased. So maybe load times were pretty intense previously. And, you know, if you're a fan of this, you have that to look forward to now. Um, this story broke yesterday and I've never played it. Um, but it's cool that, you know, things have been updated for switch. Um, Anyway, moving on. Um, so this one is actually kind of unfortunate. I mean, we probably all saw it coming, but uh, scalpers are already sell reselling analog pocket systems for insane prices online. Um, if you're unaware of what the analog pocket is, it's this really cool, like uh, you can put anything from like Game Boy games through color, GBA, and there's a couple of attachments to play like Game Gear games on this thing. Um, you can hook it up to your TV through like an HDMI out. It's got like a beautiful display on it. I'm not sure if it's an OLED or not, but it's really cool. Uh, Digital Foundry did a great video covering all of this. It was super cool. Um, you know, I remember when pre-orders went live for this, it was like a couple of years ago and I like sent it to like all my friends, like, Hey dude, uh, this thing's really cool. Um, my favorite feature for the game for, or for the analog pocket is that you can put a micro SD card in it and you can have save states. 
So like if you have an old copy of Pokemon Red or Silver or something where the battery died, you can have save states in this and you don't have to worry about replacing the battery in that game cart, which is super cool. Um, of course, it's sold out and people are flipping it. Um, and pre-orders opened, reopened this week, uh, but people, of course, swooped in. And uh, you, if you didn't get one, you're going to have to wait until 2023, it looks like. Oh, wait, no, it says that buyers are being told that they may have to wait until 2023 before their order is fulfilled. Um, that's due to the global chip shortage that's impacting Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Um, so everybody's kind of getting that. But from what I'm seeing, I forget how much they sell for normally. Like maybe I can pull that up really quick. Um, how much, let me look up analog pocket. Let's see if I go to pre-order. So the analog pocket, it's, it's a premium product. Um, you know, it's really cool. Uh, it retails for $219.99, uh, USD. Um, so it's a pretty expensive thing, but it's really cool in what it does. And if you're into retro gaming and handheld retro games, it, there's kind of nothing better on the market. I don't think outside of like, even what I've seen like modders do, uh, with adding backlights and all these things and new screens to game boy colors and SPs and everything. This looks like the best way to play those games like bar none. Um, but from what I'm seeing here, people are relisting them at, for like 1,500 pounds, 800 pounds, 749 pounds, uh, 1,620. It's crazy. People are really trying to... This one, 228 pounds. It's pretty crazy. Oh, it's bids. So they're, they're trying to see how high they can get that just through bids. It's funny. The white version of it seems like it's not selling that... Like, it's, it's not selling as much, uh, or people just don't want to sell it. So if you go to try to get one of these things, maybe you get the white one. If you're concerned about resale or anything, because everyone's going to want the black now, but eventually the white, because so, so many people are not buying the white, it's going to become like a hotter commodity. Unless people just aren't willing to come off of it and they are selling like crazy, which could be the case, but I don't know. But anyway, it's a shame. Scalping is like really annoying. Um, you know, personally, I think like, like I understand it, It's but it's been a problem in sneaker culture for a really long time now. And it's really annoying to not be able to just get what you want because so many people are more concerned with reselling it. Um but at the same time, the problem is people are buying it, you know? Well, no, the problem is the fact that people are buying them up and people are so desperate to get their hands on this thing that they really want that they're willing to shell out this money. Um, and it's kind of like, it's unfortunate that for the most part, I say, it just if you really want it, like you can wait. You, you can do what it takes. You just have to, you know, follow Wario64 and on Twitter and have notifications turned on. And when you see that stuff go live, make sure you have all of the apps downloaded for like Walmart, Target, Amazon, everything. 
even though, you know, you may not want to purchase from these places. If you really want this console, you can get it this way. Save all your information in there. Have it ready to go. Know that the apps are a lot quicker, in my experience, than trying to use the website on the P on the computer because everybody, for the most part, is accessing it that way. And the app, I found that the websites crash before the apps do. So open the link on your phone, get it going in the app, tap it, have one have one click sale ready to go and or one click buy ready to go and just bada bing bada boom that's how i got my ps5 that's how i got my switch uh it's a tried and true method and if uh you know just follow wario 64 have everything set up be ready to go and um yeah try your luck if not if you have the money to buy something at a like at a a scalped price and you really want it as long as you feel comfortable with spending that money go for it but um unfortunately as long as people keep buying it people are going to keep reselling and i don't think that that culture is going anywhere so if that's what you want to do with your money hey do you boo do you <laughs> anyway Moving on, five Sega Genesis games have been added to the Nintendo Switch Online's expansion pack. Um, those games are Altered Beast, Dynamite Heady, Sword of Vermilion, Thunder Force 2, and Toe Jam and Earl. Um, I'm going to be honest, I know about Toe Jam and Earl, but I haven't played any of these games. Um, I wasn't much a Sega Genesis kid outside of playing like Sonic the Hedgehog and Echo the Dolphin. Um, I, ha I have almost no experience with any of these. The one that stands out the most to me is Toe Jam and Earl. I think that one I've at least heard people refer to in a way that sounds like it's probably fun or worth checking out. Now, Altered Beast, I remember people saying is like, if I remember correctly, is one of the worst games of all time. So it's really weird that Altered Beast is coming to the service. Like, I'm like, is this game good? Am I thinking of something else? I'm not sure. But I'm really surprised that Altered Beast is coming to the Switch Online expansion pack. But, you know, check it out if, if you like it. Um, it's another game. You pay for the service. Might as well check it out if you got the space on your memory card. Uh, but anyway, uh, this one I'm actually kind of excited about. It's uh, Gex, uh, the forgotten 90s video game mascot, might be making a comeback. Um, Square Enix apparently filed a trademark. Um, Gex is one of those games that like I would rent from a Blockbuster or like play at a friend's house. I don't think I ever owned a copy of it. And I remember it being like fun and uh like funny and quirky and gex if i remember correctly is almost like a double o's agent double uh, o seven agent he's kind of like secret agent clank uh or like secret agent clank is more like gex i guess uh but it, you know 3d platformer if i remember correctly it was kind of a collect-a-thon um it's kind of cool uh but the, you know I think Gamatsu kind of broke the story on this, and um, yeah, I mean, if you were a if you were a gamer in the '90s, 
that you know about Gex for sure. Or maybe even early 2000s, you know about Gex. It's, uh, he's kind of iconic. He didn't have a lasting effect. I think they maybe made two Gex games, if I remember correctly. And um, they were fun. I, rem- I think people look back on them fondly. You know, I'm not 100% sure of that. But uh, it's cool nonetheless. It's cool that it's even a thing. But um, really, that wraps up the news for today. Um, you know, um, not a whole lot going on. Um, really, the indie, indie World Showcase is the major thing. There are a couple of other things that may interest you, but I kind of just keep an eye out throughout the week, look for uh, anything I think is interesting and just kind of drop it in the docket. Um, and I'll continue to do it that way. Um, and hopefully there will be something that is of greater interest to everybody or like, you know, something big like a Nintendo Direct or a big game announcement of Breath of the Wild gets shown off or something cool. Uh, but moving on to the next segment is new game releases. So this is an unfortunate segment because I really want to make sure that like I keep people abreast of everything that's coming out uh, in the next week on the show. But unfortunately, we're at the end of the year. Uh, so there's really not a whole lot going on. Uh, everything I could dig into and find, it looked like there were only two things. Um, and I don't even know if they're actually coming out, which is the unfortunate thing. I think so dynasty warriors, nine empires was originally slated to come out, uh, December 22nd. Uh, but apparently back in October, it was delayed till February 15th, 2022. So it's not technically coming out, but it was supposed to. And for anybody out there that was looking forward to playing Dynasty Warriors 9, this is just a painful reminder that you don't get to play it this month and that the game was delayed till February. But to be fair, what, that's like two months away, a little less than two months. So you're not far from being able to play it. And, uh, you know, I'm not too big on Dynasty Warriors. I remember playing it on PSP. There was a PSP Dynasty Warriors that my friend had. And he like lent to me and I played it for a while and I'm not really into like the hack and slash kind of thing, but it's cool, I guess, you know? Um, and then, so this next game, uh, I'm not sure if it's actually coming out, if it's going to be like a sneak release. I couldn't find anything confirming the actual date, but, uh, Outer Wilds, it was set to release this summer and then was delayed to holiday 2021. Uh, but I, like I said, I couldn't find a date anywhere. I don't know if this game is out. I don't know if it hasn't come out. If the, the date was moved, I couldn't find anything. Um, if, if you heard anything, leave a comment, tweet at me, email me, whatever. And I'll look into it and see, uh, what's going on because yeah, I'm super interested to see if that game is actually coming out. I'm pulling up something really quick just to make sure okay yeah yeah so yeah nothing nothing on the outer wilds i've heard good things about it so maybe it's worth looking into um but like i said i couldn't find anything and that's really everything that it was slated to come out this week coming up but didn't uh 
really the the more pertinent things are the stuff from the indie world showcase that are playable today and all the demos and everything but that pretty much covers new game releases for switch this week um i'm sorry there isn't more but that's it you know it is what it is um we can move on to the next segment called uh what i'm playing um and right now I'm I'm still dabbling in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. I'm in the post game kind of uh you know, I played Pokemon Brilliant Diamond in a really weird way. If you've seen the video or if you go check it out, you'll see why. You know, and as a result, it wasn't a traditional playthrough. Like I didn't get to use things the way that I typically would, and I wasn't really hunting around because I was so like uh resource management heavy because like my health and power points were really um they were commodities you know I, I so i didn't explore too much if i saw a pokeball i went for it if i saw a trainer i battled them but outside of like you know diving into caves and grinding it out trying to get a gibble i didn't do it uh so like i remember you know i wanted to save my master ball for um there's one of the three, like, like Uxy and Mess Spirit and something. And there's another one that I'm blanking on, Manaphy, I think. I forget. But uh, there's one of them that, like, kind of randomly goes around, and I know that that's the one you're kind of supposed to use your Master Ball on because it's, like, you encounter it, and it's like an Abra. You either get lucky and catch it or you don't. And so a lot of people save their Master Ball for that, but I was, like this close to not being able to catch Dialga and I wasn't able to save scum. So I wasn't able to save right in front of him and just restart if it didn't work. And, uh, I also like just got out of like all the battles with team galactic and my Pokemon were really weak and I didn't have a lot of moves. And, um, you know, I wasn't running around with anything that had like paralyze or anything like that because power points were such a hot commodity. I feel like I, I, I needed, just full frontal attacks. I wasn't doing like setups and stuff like that. So, um, I, I unfortunately had to use my master ball on Dialga because I thought if the elite four gave me a lot of trouble, I might be able to use Dialga to just like brute force my way through it. And I didn't actually end up using him at all. So I kind of wasted that, but m maybe I'll buy shining pearl and just play through normally or play through with an even more brutal rule set because I did think of things throughout the playthrough that would be better but i kind of want to have a more traditional playthrough of the game so i don't know maybe if they release a platinum uh version then i'll do the more brutal playthrough that way and then i can do like a normal playthrough with shining pearl um but that's what i've been playing on the nintendo side of things uh outside of that uh, you know i've been i i just had a review for Halo Infinite go live yesterday, um, on Friday, uh, man, that game is something special, it, it has its issues, don't get me wrong, but I grew up playing Halo, I love Halo, it's a great series, um, and I really liked this game, if, I mean, if you're at all interested in Halo Infinite, or say you don't have an Xbox, and you're thinking about it, uh, check out that review even if not just it would mean a lot to me if people went and watched that review I put a lot of work into it and you know it took me about like a little over a week to get the game play through it 
capture all the footage I needed, write the script, uh, edit the video, put everything together. Um, you know, like I said, I, I work a full-time job, so I do all this stuff in my spare time and it, it takes a lot of work and, um, yeah, any view, uh, that I can get any kind of engagement or anything like that, it means a lot to me. And, um, Halo Infinite has been sucking up a lot of my free time. It's kind of like, um, the only game that like I pop into and I'm like, all right, let me knock out my seven matches, uh, for the battle pass progression, uh, so that I can try to get this armor that they've put behind battle pass progression, which sucks. But, um, at the same time, like I can just play the game normally, knock out seven games and level up and then kind of move on. I'm not playing the game to complete challenges, but at the same time, I figure I can do the base stuff and just play seven matches a day. And Halo Infinite has been sucking up a lot of my time outside of, I'm working on a, a retrospective for Sunset Overdrive. Um, and so I've been playing that, but Halo Infinite kind of derailed that and, uh, I'm working on that as well, but because I'm doing this podcast, I'm trying to spend more time in the Nintendo space. So, um, I have a video for breath of the wild planned and I'm not sure when I'm going to get to it exactly, but I might go ahead and just start capturing footage for it, but maybe not. I, I may just download games on my switch and just play them just, uh, you know, like uh it's funny i bought that oled switch and that oled screen is maybe the best screen in my house uh and i've played it docked because i've just been capturing footage so uh maybe i'll like start picking that up out of its dock and start playing it a little bit more but that's really all i've been playing um let me know in the comments what you've been playing or if you have any suggestions for things i should check out on nintendo switch uh let me know because i'll give it a shot just so i can uh, interact with y'all on some level and let you know, uh, that whether I liked it, what I think or whatever, you know, I'm open to suggestions. Um, but moving on to the last segment of the show, I like to call switch it up where every week I check out the Nintendo switch online services library of games and pick something I think you might want to check out. Um, and this week for switch it up, I've uh, decided to go with Winback Covert Operations, developed by Omega Force. It's a Metal Gear Solid-like game uh, for the Nintendo 64 that uh, is now made available through the Switch Online service uh, in the Nintendo uh, 64 side of things. Um, I've been thinking about checking it out because I am a Metal Gear Solid fan, um, but oddly enough, it's made by the same developer that made uh, Dynasty Warriors. Um, so that's oddly topical, uh, but, um, and it, just remember if you're a subscriber to the switch online service, uh, and you have the, no, I don't even think you have to have the expansion pack. So if those are in separate tiers, you don't even have to worry about it. It's playable. I, uh, went ahead and pulled up the trailer for it. It's the PS2 trailer. So it's going to kind of, uh, look a little like assy. But uh, I think it'll convey kind of the gameplay. From what I've seen on S Switch, it looks a lot better. But instead of playing like a... Oh, wow, it has multiplayer? That's cool. I didn't know that. But it definitely has some like uh, Metal Gear Solid vibes going on. But it looks interesting. You know, it's something to play, something different, something to switch it up with. Um, I think... 
it might be interesting. And like I said, if you're a subscriber, it's free to check out. Um, I'm going to check it out myself and just see, you know, I, what I could do is I could play. I, I'll look and see when it came out originally and what Metal Gear Solid game came out around that time and maybe compare the two and see how I feel about that. But um, anyway, uh, th that was episode one of me, myself and I, a Nintendo podcast. Um, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you enjoy this show, you can show your support by simply following the show on your podcast service of choice. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube. Uh, my channel name is Hitbox Detective. I'm really trying to get that subscriber count up. Um, and I really think that if you enjoy this podcast, you're going to like what I'm doing over there. Um, I'm really trying to make things really professional and do things right and uh, create a portfolio for me to use to maybe um, someday apply for a job in games media. There's a couple of places that I would ideally like to work at. Um, and so I'm just kind of seeing what's out there, seeing what's not out there, and then trying to do that. You know, I know that there are some Nintendo podcasts out there, but um, I, I kind of, the podcasts that I listen to and the media outlets I listen to, they, they don't have a Nintendo podcast. And um, so I'm kind of like taking the inspiration of, or the influences from podcasts I like and applying it to Nintendo. And from what I've seen, there's really not anything out there doing it that way. But I also don't pay attention to Nintendo podcasts at all. So I could be doing something that someone else very much is doing. Um, and um, yeah, on that YouTube channel, there's the video component of this podcast. Um, so if you want to see what I look like for some reason, um, yeah. Or, you know, like I also pull up the news stories and trailers and stuff like that and have that all on screen. So uh, if you want to kind of like watch it that way, cool. Uh, just definitely subscribe, like the videos, comment, any engagement really helps. Um, it helps more than you think. Um, and then you can also follow me on Twitter at hitbox detective. Um, I, uh, anytime I see something in the news happen, I retweet it. Uh, so you can stay in the know. If you don't want to follow all these news outlets, you can follow me. And I also post like, Hey, I'm getting really close to finishing this. The, the script is ready. The VO is done. Just got to edit. And so you can kind of stay in the know of when my next video is coming out. Um, and then, you know, I would really like for people and listeners to write into the show with questions, comments, and concerns. Um, so you can email me at me, myself, and I dot pod at gmail.com. And that's me like Nintendo me's. So M I, I myself and I dot pod at gmail.com. Uh, same name as the podcast show, just with dot pod and gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave a comment on any YouTube video. This one, uh, the halo review. I feel like for this show comment on the podcast episode because then I know that it's directly connected to uh, me, myself, and I. And you can also just tweet at me, um, uh, and I'll pull everything that I feel like is applicable to the show and, uh, and run through questions, comments, and concerns, and maybe I can add that as a segment. Uh, I can either do it at the top of the show or at the end, something. I'll figure that out. Um, but, uh, you know, I really want to interact with you all and answer questions and... Um, so, so like, don't hesitate to write in, you know, 
Um, I'm not, I'm not going to be mean to y'all or anything like that. Like it's Nintendo. Like most of the people that might write into this might be younger and, you know, I don't want to be a jerk to like, a you know, a 12 year old or a, even like a 17 year old. Like I don't want to be mean to anybody. So don't hesitate to write in, um, you know, unless, you know, you're being a jerk. Even if you are being a jerk, I'm probably not going to be mean to you. I'll probably just ignore the comment and uh, move on with my life. But, um, you know, again, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. It, you know, like I say in the intro, everybody says this, but it really means the world to me that you would even check this stuff out. Um, but take care of yourselves. And remember, leave luck to the heavens. Thank you. <laughs>